So, if you were with us last week, you know that we talked about how the most contagious virus that's going around right now is fear. Fear is a highly contagious virus and it is spreading like wildfire all over the globe. And the best way to inoculate ourselves against that fear virus is to really take time and turn within and cultivate inner peace and do some deep purifying work. So we're going to talk about exactly how to do that today. And then once we've got that, <clears throat> once we've got that peace, we've anchored in that peace and we've opened to that, that universal love, we can start our own virus. How about we start the virus of peace? How about we start the virus of love and compassion? You know, if we do it right, it could be just as contagious. So to guide us in that process today, we have a beautiful guide that uh, has inspired countless people for thousands and thousands of years, and that is Green Tara. We've got several different depictions here, and you know, uh, Tara is shared by both Buddhists and Hindus. It's kind of all over that area and China. And I think Green Tara is probably the most uh, well-known, but she actually has 21 different forms and expresses in different colors and different spiritual aspects. Yeah? Um, and the, the tradition, though, the, the, the story goes like this, that Tara was born from a tear that was shed by the great god, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce this name. Oh, thank you. Avalokiteshvara. Okay, got it. Avalokiteshvara. <laughs> so she was born of the tear that was shed as he was witnessing the suffering of humanity. Illness, disease, death, war, famine, uh, the, the suffering that comes from never achieving what one desires or having what one does not desire. So because she was born from this tear, she is known as the goddess of compassion that hears the cries of those suffering. She's a, she's a true bodhisattva. We were singing about bodhisattva, which the meaning is uh, she's committed to being here and ensuring that all humanity reaches enlightenment. So the story goes in an interesting way that uh, Tara was surrounded by monks who suggested to her that in order to reach true Buddhahood, she should start praying to be reborn a male so that she could progress further. Well, she would have none of that. <laughs> have none of that. Saying, oh, you weak worldlings, see, you know, only you see that gender could ever possibly be a detriment to spiritual enlightenment, something like that, right? So that moment she committed to being reborn only feminine, only as a female. Therefore, she is the champion of feminism and uh, known as uh, the feminine aspect 
the feminine aspect of the universe. And uh, sometimes she's portrayed as a young girl who brings lightness and levity to those who take themselves too seriously, who take their spiritual practice too seriously. You know, she, she laughs at self-righteousness. She plays tricks on people who don't respect the feminine aspect. So, you gotta love her. <laughs> I love her. Uh, and for centuries, you know, people have been praying to her, have been and still do pray to her uh, when they're suffering from a disease, an illness, to request a blessing for prosperity or a um, blessing on um, success on a new venture. And in ancient times, she was prayed to as the goddess of protection against the eight great dangers or eight great fears. And, you know, honestly, if you were living at that time and in that area of the world, these would indeed be dangers. Things like lions, wild elephants, uh, forest fires, snakes, thieves, bondage, floods, and last but not least, demons. So, uh, that, so spiritual practitioners who, you know, really kind of take a deeper, take these ideas to a deeper level are really working with the inner aspect of this, the inner fears, you know, purifying those inner thoughts, freeing themselves from those fears. So we might say in New Thought, uh, that's correcting error thinking, right? So the practice is purify consciousness, which allows a greater expression of harmony, of love, of compassion to flow from the heart center, ultimately reaching enlightenment. So I thought we would look at each of these eight great fears and uh, see what they represent. And I'm going to first read you the Buddhist interpretation of this, and then I'll share with you sort of my take from a new thought perspective of what that can mean for us, how we can work with each one of these things to help release fears and open ourselves to the experience of more joy, expressing more of our light. And uh, I've actually created a handout. It's in your program if you want to follow along. So the first one is lions. Lions. Represents pride, right? Pride comes from the ego. It feeds only the ego. It really gets in the way of us experiencing oneness, prevents us from, you know, being compassionate. I mean, if I am filled with pride over some accomplishment, I'm less likely to notice how wonderful you are, you know, or how fabulous, you know, what, what fabulous thing you did. So that's, you know, so we want to embrace the awareness that we are all different aspects, that we are all shining the same beautiful light in different ways. 
None better, none worse, just different. Also, if I maybe fail the next time I attempt something, I'm likely to feel terrible about myself. So again, we want to cultivate the awareness that our accomplishments or lack of accomplishments don't define us. They don't, you know, reflect who we truly are. So this is about untangling this kind of thinking. Okay, um, so wild elephants. <clears throat> the Buddhists say represent delusion and ignorance. I might say elephants represent intelligence, <laughs> family, you know. But we'll go with the delusion and the ignorance for now. Uh, because that can be a good lesson for us. So the, the, the basic delusion of humanity is the delusion, the belief that we are separate from the divine, we're separate from each other, we're separate from our good. That ignorance of who we truly are, the ignorance of our divine nature, gives rise to so many different problems. So this... This idea is about bringing our awareness back to the truth that we are expressions of this infinite one. And so is everyone else. Which brings us to the next one, which is forest fires, which represent hatred. So this is about the temptation to focus on others' mistakes, you know, to the point of extreme dislike. And we've, we've talked here many times about holding on to resentment and hatred only poisons us. It only poisons us. It does nothing to the person that we're directing it to. It's just about us. You know, our unwillingness to forgive binds us to illusion. So the idea here is to embrace the concept that, you know, and as I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, is that we are all divinely imperfect. We're all divinely imperfect. And we're all in process of awakening. We're all on that journey of wholeness. And some of us are over here on this path, and others are over here on this path, so we have a completely different worldview, completely different idea of you know, how to be in the world. And sometimes we intersect and don't understand each other, right? So this idea then is, again, to cultivate the awareness that we are all on this journey toward wholeness, and that helps us release this temptation to focus on others' mistakes and makes it easier to forgive. All right. So now we got snakes that represent jealousy. Jealousy. Ooh. That's the, the belief that somebody has something <clears throat> that we don't have and that we, <clears throat> we feel we can't have, right? Whether that's a possession, <coughs> excuse me, or a, you know, a relationship or a talent, a skill, something. 
And sometimes we think, well, them having that makes them a better person. So that's error thinking, right? That's the error thinking we need to correct. Again, comes back to this idea that we all shine this light in different ways. We all have different expressions of this. Right? And so that being said, here's the thing. If somebody has something that you in your heart really want, know that you can have that too. You know, you can have that too. So I have been working on this uh, sort of affirmation that, you know, I live in this neighborhood now that, um, well, some of the houses are huge. They're, especially if you go way up to the top of the hill, there's these huge estates that have these amazing views that go on for like hundreds of miles, right? Just amazing. And, you know, they're flying around the world first class. And, okay, so rather than me making judgments about that or being jealous, so I am affirming my affirmation is I celebrate your ability to allow infinite substance to flow through you abundantly and appear in your life as abundant prosperity. I, too, am learning to open to infinite substance, which is flowing through me and appearing as abundant prosperity. Or you could say something like, I think I put this in the, the handout, <clears throat> the affirmation, you are you are an affirmation that this principle works. Thank you for showing me that I can have it too. So that takes away, you know, like you can't be jealous if you know that, that you know, you can open to experience that too. All right, so now we're on to robbers. I'm going to take a little sip of water. Robbers representing wrong views, including fanatical views. So these wrong views are uh, negative, limited, fearful thinking that um, causes us to, it robs us of our peace. No, it robs us of our peace. The, whether that's judgments I just talked about, or thinking you know, negatively about yourself or other people or limitation, lack and limitation thinking or excessive worrying. A lot of excessive worrying going on these days, right? The coronavirus, excessive worrying, that can really bind us in this fearful energy and cause us to make decisions that are not necessarily wise. So we want to kind of separate that out, excessive worrying, from just being smart. You know, just being smart, following the guidelines that, that, that everybody's talking about, right? We're doing this now. We're not <clears throat> holding hands. For, we're suspending the hugs and the handshakes for a, a period of time <clears throat> and greeting each other with namaste, which is the divine in me greets the divine in you. It's a beautiful way to really connect to, from spirit to spirit, you know? Uh, and we, how many times have you been told, wash your hands? 
wash your hands thoroughly. So I heard somebody talking on the radio uh, last night. He said, here's how you should probably wash your hands. Think, think that you have just sliced a jalapeno pepper, and you've now got to put contact lenses in your eye. <laughs> if you've ever worn contact lenses. <laughs> right? Ooh, you want to make sure you get <coughs> all of that juice off of your hands. That's a good way to think about it. All right, you know what? Just be smart. What they say, sneeze into your elbow, and if you are sick, stay home. But be, just be smart. We don't have to have this excessive worry. We just need to be smart. So that now, and then the um, fanatical view part of this is what you would see in any extremist movement. You know, fanatical views usually stem from deep fear or a belief that there's only one point of view. There's only one right way of looking in the world, and I've got it. <laughs> and everybody else should have that too, that fanatical view. So we want to bring our awareness back, bring it back into alignment with what we know is true, oneness, wholeness, connect with divine wisdom, and know that there are multiple points of view. It's fine. What makes the world interesting? Okay, so uh, the next one is bondage, right? Represents greed, miserliness, this inability to be generous, which I, I think really comes from a fear of, you know, if I give something, then somehow I've lost it. I've lost this. It's ignorance of the law of circulation. The law of circulation states that as we give, the more good we give, the more we open ourselves to receive even more. This flow. Money is love energy. It's a flow of love energy, and it's got to keep moving. You can't bind it. You can't hold it back. It's got to keep flowing, circulating out from us to bless others, and then we allow it to circulate back to us and keep it going, keep it moving. So that's the awareness that we want to embrace with this step. All right. Floods represent desire and attachment. So just to clarify, the new thought point of view is that desire is not a bad thing. Desire is actually essential. I would say none of us would be here if it wasn't for desire. Think about it. We wouldn't be here, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't have created anything. We wouldn't invent anything. We wouldn't come together as a spiritual community. We wouldn't feed ourselves. We wouldn't even take a shower if we didn't desire something that we weren't currently experiencing. So desire is the starting point of all creation. It's attachment is the thing we want to look out for. Attachment keeps us trapped. 
when we are attached to having things be a certain way in order for us to feel okay or to feel safe, you see, that keeps us trapped. So we want to work on releasing attachment to the outcome. Release attachment to the outcome. and Just be in the present moment and know it's all good. Even though I can't understand it right now, it's all good. It's all a blessing. All right, so the last one, demons. Demons represent doubts caused by delusion. Doubts caused by delusion. Okay, so again, we're going back to that original delusion. If I believe that I am separate from source, if I'm separate from the infinite good, then I might be tempted to believe that I'm not worthy of the fullness of life, that I'm not worthy of the fullness of love or of joy or of fulfillment or of well-being, of vibrant health, vitality, abundance. We doubt our worthiness. We doubt our worthiness because we've forgotten who we truly are. We are expressions of that infinite divine good. And so in this step, we want to activate the power of our faith, right? Activate the power of our faith and remind ourselves that we are that infinite good expressing. Just remind ourselves of who we truly are. And we are worthy of the abundance of life. We're worthy of it because we are beloved expressions of it. Okay, so, uh, so Buddhists do meditate, Buddhists and Hindus do meditations on this uh, image of Tara. And they do a specific chant, which we're going to do together in just a minute. And we actually did a little taste of uh, at the beginning. Um, so they do that to, again, purify consciousness, release these fears, and to allow that there, there more light, more love and compassion to flow. So we can do it too. We don't have to be Buddhists in order to love Tara to use that as a tool. But, you know, you can, you can use anything, really. Whatever represents to you uh, wisdom, um, compassion, liberation, <clears throat> whatever, bring, whatever in your mind brings that to you, use that. Use it as a tool to turn within and really... Think about these things that you want to shift in your consciousness. These fears that might be keeping you trapped into an experience of limitation and, you know, blocking the experience of joy in your life. So, opening to this practice, we could use um, some of the 12 powers. But what, for those of you who have Study the 12 powers. What 12 powers might be appropriate to uh, invoke here as we're doing this kind of work? 
Wisdom, yeah. You're going to say wisdom, okay. Huh? Zeal, oh, yeah. Sure, I didn't think of that, but that's absolutely zeal. Love. Faith, I mentioned faith before. Understanding. Wisdom, definitely. All of those, we can... We can focus on those 12 powers, which if you're kind of new to unity, 12 powers is, uh, you know, Charles Fillmore's kind of like the, the chakras, energetic centers that are opening, specific openings to our, uh, to our spiritual capacity. Um, so they're, and their different areas represent different things. So focusing on that, on Tara, on whatever it is that brings that to mind. And we do this not only for our benefit, here's the thing, but for the benefit of all humanity. We do it for the benefit of all humanity because you see, as we get this, as we center ourselves in peace, as we open to a greater experience of universal love and compassion, that begins to spread out, right? And it spreads to someone else. They catch it. They spread it to somebody. That person catches it. And then they spread it out, and several people catch it, right? Before you know it, you got an epidemic on your hands, an epidemic of peace, an epidemic of love and compassion. Isn't that, kind of, isn't that the epidemic we want to have? Yeah, absolutely. So it takes practice, though, right? It takes practice. So we can practice this. So uh, to introduce this chant for us, uh, if Mark and Katja, you would come up and lead us in this, teach us about what the words mean, and uh, lead us in the practice, that would be awesome. So most of you have heard, I think, the most common mantra for Green Tara, which is Om Tare Tu Tare Ture Soham. And there are so many interpretations of this. One that I think really is a clear one is, O Tara, I invoke your help. O Tara, promptly hail. But of course, the literal meaning isn't important. Mantras are sacred sounds. So it's that vibration that's the wisdom heart of Tara or the divine, and it opens a channel in us for mystical and healing blessings. So you don't even have to say it. If you just are in the presence of it, that's a blessing as well. So we will be singing it, which is more sound. So sing along or feel it or both. And it's on the little sheet in your program, too. And we'll be doing the Green Tara Mantra that you've got there. And then we'll be doing the, this uh, song by Lisa Thiel, Spirit of the Plants, another manifestation of the Spirit of the Plants. And then we'll do an, a different version of the Green Tara Mantra at the end. Om Tare Tu 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 T
Yeah. 